Welcome to Sports Bites. Welcome to Sports Bites. With your host, Chris Joseph. Chris Joseph. Are you a sports fanatic who loves the thrill of the game and the delicious food that accompanies it? And then they had uh, chicken fingers, exotic chicken fingers. Join us as we dive into the world of sports and the delectable bites that make the experience even better. Whether you're in the stadium, tailgating, or watching from the comfort of your home. Get ready to satisfy your sports cravings with Chris Joseph on Sports Bites. Bites. Let's dig in. What is up, everybody? Yes, let's dig into another episode of Sports Bites. Guys, I hope y'all are doing okay out there. It is middle of the week. We have finished the, the conference championship games. We got the Super Bowl set in Las Vegas. Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs, will take on the 49ers with Brock Purdy, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel. It's, you know, you know who's probably happiest on that team? Chase Young. You left the Commanders and now you're playing for a Super Bowl. So he, he's really loving life. But in this episode, I'm going to break down what I saw in the two conference championship games, the AFC, the NFC. Talk a little bit about what I think might happen in the Super Bowl. We'll really dive into it next week. And then I'm going to talk about the trip that me and my wife just went on. You know, in Sports Bites, we talk a lot about food. And I have to talk about the food that we just had down in Panama City Beach, Florida. Oh, my God. Best meal of our life. And I'll talk about it. I will. But we went down for a birthday. Give you a little uh, insight. Went down for a birthday on Thursday. And, uh, oh, my AI camera's acting a little funny. Gonna turn that AI off. Sorry, guys. But yeah, because I'm recording this for YouTube. Again, don't forget, I have a channel on YouTube. So you can follow there at Sports Bites Podcast on Twitter at Sports Bites Pod One, TikTok at Sports Bites Pod, and on Instagram, Sports Bites Podcast. Follow, like, comment, share, do all that good stuff. Let's really help try to grow this community. And let's have some fun with it because there's some things coming down the pipe I can't talk about yet, but there's some things coming that could be pretty big for the show, for me. Should be should be kind of fun to go down this journey. But so we leave on Thursday. It's my wife's birthday. We always kind of go on a trip. Last year we went to New Orleans. The year before we went to we love going to Panama City. It was nice. It was 70. The first day we get down there, the water was cold. It was like 52 degrees. No. We thought we were going to polar plunge, but it was raining one day. All in all, a great trip. We relaxed. You know, we got got back to the hotel Saturday night after eating. We watched the Royal Rumble. We're excited because we're taking our kid, our youngest, to SmackDown this Friday. You know, for him to see, um, again, hopefully have, because for those who have listened to the show know, in August I took my kid up to Huntsville to watch a, uh, a live event, a house show. And we had a kind of a scary moment at the beginning to where we're, we're walking to the, you know, walking to the venue and we saw somebody get hit by a car, like got hit by a car and it, it, it messed with my kid. You know, it messed with him. I mean, obviously he was like, man, it's a lot for an eight year old to see. I was like, buddy, it's a lot for a 47 year old to see. So we're going to go Friday night down here, downtown Birmingham, SmackDown. And it's the SmackDown after the Royal Rumble. So we're excited about that. Cody Rhodes is supposed to be there. That's his favorite guy. So he's excited about that. So it's going to be a lot of fun. But we got back Sunday, and 
you know, we had breakfast before we left. Uh, so we got on the road about 1130-ish and got home right after the first half of the very first game, which was the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens. And before we get into this, I know there's a lot of people that's been talking about it. I'm trying to wrap my head around it. And I know I'm kind of... Maybe I'm not the best person to talk about it because of being a little biased, but seriously, when you think about what's going on. So I was not a Taylor Swift fan. Wasn't. I am now. Before she started dating Travis Kelsey. My wife and I, she loves Taylor Swift. Started listening to her. We kind of joked about going to a concert. We found it was cheaper for us to fly and go to a concert in London. So we're going to go to London next August to see Taylor Swift in concert. So I started listening to her music. Started checking you know, Phenomenal artist. Kobe Bryant. What Kobe has said about Taylor Swift. There's a lot of people coming to the defense of Taylor What I don't understand is why there are so many grown-ass men, and I use that term loosely, because if you're this upset about Taylor Swift being on your broadcast. I mean, here's what's funny. Statistically, Jason Kelsey was on TV way more than Taylor was. Nobody had anything to say about that. What about back in the 80s and the 90s when all you saw at basketball games, you knew where Spike Lee was sitting at the Knicks game. You knew where Jack Nicholson was sitting at the Lakers, Eva Longoria, like you knew. It was a big deal. So if this is a big deal, quit reporting that there's stars on the sidelines, especially when statistically in a three-and-a-half-hour football broadcast, this woman who is just there to support her boyfriend, she's not trying to get on camera. 24 seconds on average in a three-and-a-half-hour broadcast, and you're triggered? Guys, you got to do better, especially if you're a girl dad. Come on, man. Oh, you're ruining football. Well, what about all the commercials? You know, we got a commercial coming up in the Super Bowl that people are going to talk about commercials. You know, you got people paying millions of dollars for commercials. Well, take commercials out. Just stay in the stadium. You're ruining football. You guys need to grow up. And if I make you feel bad about saying that, I'm sorry. But for you to be that triggered because they showed Taylor Swift 0.35% of a broadcast, you got to get yourself checked, man. And if that's the case, then stop showing every celebrity that ever comes to a football game. Nobody said anything about Eminem going double birds, you know, to the Tampa Bay or to the Kansas or the San Francisco crowd. He was at the game flipping them on. Nobody said anything about that. Oh, that's just Eminem. Look, and I'm a huge Eminem fan. But I think he has the right to be at the... He loves the Lions. We're loving the Lions. I just... I went off on a little rant on that. It just it really bothers me to see so many people that are so triggered about them showing... Uh, it just... It, it blows my mind. I, I can't wrap my head around that that is making people so mad. And it's it, it's part of, for me, when you look what's going on in the world... Everybody's always mad about something. Here's two people that took a chance. They fell in love, and they're in love. You can tell that. They're supporting each other. What's wrong with that? 
Maybe you have a shitty relationship. Maybe that's why. I don't know. Kudos to you. I hope she makes it to the Super Bowl. I really do. They're, they're showing the logistics. I hope she makes it. I hope she makes it. But talking about the game, the Chiefs and the Ravens. Now, there's a lot of talk going into it, and I said in last week's broadcast that I was not going to go against the Chiefs until the Chiefs lose. They just they know how to play January football. They don't make mistakes. Patrick Mahomes, solid. He's got Travis Kelsey, which, by the way, this guy is unbelievable. You set the champion, you set the record for most touchdowns in a championship game. You broke Jerry Rice's all-time playoff reception record. That's insane. Insane. And he's still got a game. This, you know, another Super Bowl. Who knows? Where this could put a record out of reach, if you ask me. But the game started, and there was a lot of people who were kind of, you know. All the talk about Lamar, 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 Lamar. He's MVP, Lamar, 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 you know, and and rightfully so. The guy's played well. He got paid, right? He got paid. But I just, I don't know. Something about Lamar just doesn't, I don't see him as a championship quarterback. I think he is an extremely talented athlete. I think he is a um, phenomenal football player. I just don't think he's a championship caliber quarterback. I just don't. I don't. But, you know, everyone was talking about you know, what was going to happen, the defense, how the defense for Baltimore played so well against Houston. It didn't start so well because Mahomes and Kelsey were heating up early. Then you have a chance to win this game. Well, last week, Houston did not have a single snap inside the 25. Here's Kansas City from the 19, throwing at the goal line, and it's caught by Kelsey for the touchdown. Travis Kelsey had a couple catches on that play. He had a couple catches throughout the day that were just fantastic. But that great body control, corner of the end zone, back shoulder throw, they go up seven to nothing. Now, a guy who I really liked at the beginning of the year, and I thought he had a chance to win offensive rookie of the year over a Bijan Robinson, depending on how it was going to go. He had a very big roller coaster game. That was Zay Flowers. But after that touchdown, Baltimore bounced right back. And they found Zay Flowers for a touchdown. Wider the holes. Yes, and Gus Edwards is the definition of a north-south runner, isn't he? Yes, he is. From the pocket. Cuts away from Chennault, who's trying to get after him for a second time. But the ball is thrown to the end zone. And it's caught. Flowers with the touchdown. Zay Flowers, man. He's got speed. Good route runner. We're going to talk more about him later in the game. Some of the decisions that he made. And the whole team. So that takes it to 7-7, seven to seven, right? Everything, you know, we're, we're liking the way this game's going. And so then you go to the second quarter. And you're like, all right, here come the Chiefs again. And a guy that I just love watching run. I'm, I'm growing a f- to become a fan of this guy just because of the way he runs. I say Pacheco with a touchdown. Second and goal. It's back to Pacheco. Pacheco drives across for the Chiefs' touchdown. That was a great, great Chiefs touchdown. Big-time play. Goes into halftime. They kick a field goal. Butker uh, kicks a field goal at 17-7. Fourth quarter, you know, the Ravens had a chance to kick a field goal. But there was a couple plays that really determined the outcome of the game. This was one. 
that really, it, it was funny, you know, karma. Karma comes back. First down from the 36. Play action, loads it up. Wide open. He's got him. It's Flowers getting past Sneed. Down to the nine-yard line. Tony off his number four. Well, it's funny that the, the referee's voice sounded like he was going through puberty at that time. But if you saw the play, Flowers gets tackled, puts his hand on the guy, and pushes off. We've seen people spin the ball. That, that's not a problem. As somebody who used to officiate, you know, you, I don't think he got flagged for when he spun the ball. But when he placed his hand on his chest and pushed him to the ground like he did, that was when standing up, that, that was a taunting. Some people may not like it. Joe Burrow didn't like it. He made a comment. Again, it's taunting. You can't do that. You got to be smarter than that. You got to play smart football. But then karma came right back around. Cheering his brother's team on here. Second and eight from the nine. Jackson to Flowers. He dives. The ball came out. It's recovered by Kansas City. Did the ball come out before he broke the plane? And it did. He was, you know, and here's the crazy thing about that play is he probably could have made it without diving. So I didn't understand his whole I'm diving into the end zone. But that happens. Still have a chance at 17-10. They had the ball, and then Lamar Jackson had a terrible throw to seal the victory for the Chiefs. The drive that began at the one-yard line has now reached the Chiefs 25, second and 10. To the end zone again, and it is intercepted. Intercepted by Deion Bush, who just came in two plays ago for Mike Edwards. Deion Bush, man. Big play. Looking at some of the stats in the game, Patrick Mahomes, he was 30 of 39, 241, one touchdown. Made some really good plays with his legs. I don't think he gets enough credit for what he does on what he does on it with his legs in and out of the pocket. He looks awkward running, but it's effective, right? Patrick Mahomes. You know, only 15 yards, but there were some times he made some good plays with the legs. Isaiah Pacheco, 24 carries, 68 yards. Travis Kelsey, 11 catches, 116 yards, and a touchdown. Rasheed Rice, phenomenal rookie year. Now he's going to go play in the Super Bowl. Marquez Valdez-Scanling with a great catch at the end of the game. But Mark Andrews was back for Lamar Jackson, two catches. Odell Beckham, three catches. Justice Hill. Uh, Aguilar only had one catch. Zay Flowers, five catches, 115 yards, one touchdown. Lamar Jackson, eight carries, 54 yards. He was almost outrushed by Brock Purdy. Think about that. Kansas City defense showed up. Played exceptionally well. Tackled well. Made Lamar very uncomfortable. And Spagnola did a great job with that whole defensive plan. I, I commend him for what he did. But the Chiefs win. That's their sixth AFC championship game in a row, right? Now they're on to the Super Bowl. And, excuse me, they're going to take on the San Francisco 49ers, who, for all intents and purposes, should not have been there. But that's why you play the game. That's why you, you, you don't stop at halftime. And I was one. I bought in the type of offense that Detroit was running, how they were playing with Aiden Hutchinson and Anzalari. Those, I'm like, I, I, I bought in. I bought in to the Detroit Lions, and I picked Detroit to win the game. 
So you have an Eminem Taylor Swift Super Bowl. Yeah. With Usher at halftime. Bring it. But the game starts, and I'm blown away. Now, let me tell you first, I asked my wife what she wanted to make for dinner, or I wanted to make. And we talked about it while we were down on vacation. We made homemade Philly cheesesteaks at the house. Went and got a nice loaf, toasted it up in the oven a little bit, some onions and peppers with a little horseradish and garlic, did the shaved ribeye. It's one of the best sandwiches I've ever made. But we're watching the game, and the beginning of the game starts, and Detroit is hitting on all cylinders. And right off the rip, they put up a touchdown. First down, another fake. Come with Jamison Williams, the speedster, has a block. Williams cuts up, 25-20, still on his feet. Jamison Williams scores! A little 42-yard play for Jamison Williams. Detroit goes up. They're up 7 to nothing, And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Okay, okay. I see what you're doing, Detroit. I like it. But then they got the ball back in the first quarter. March right down the field again. Montgomery on second and goal. Surging his way forward. He's in. Touchdown, Detroit. And this time it's 14 nothing. And Detroit's really having their way with the San Francisco 49ers. I was like, oh, boy. This would be huge. If it had. And the look on Kyle Shanahan's face that whole first half, it looked like a guy that was scared to death that he just lost the game. But you got guys like Christian McCaffrey, Brock Purdy, George Kittle, Trent Williams, those guys, they're not going to give up. They're not going to give up. And they didn't. San Francisco scores in the second quarter to come back into the game a little bit. What was the eventual winning touchdown? So they got to get more red zone trips because they're excellent when they get there. McCaffrey second and goal. Up and in. Touchdown, San Francisco. Christian McCaffrey's so good. That to me is probably um that to me is probably the MVP if you ask me. I'd probably pick. I'd still think CJ Stroud should win it because of what he did, was able to get the this team that nobody thought, including myself, was going to be good into a playoff, won a playoff game, and like, I think he should be the MVP. That's just me. I know there's people that probably say I'm crazy, but oh well. So yeah, Jamison Williams, Alabama player, scores. Now, I just saw an interesting stat I didn't know. Do you know no drafted Alabama players ever scored in the Super Bowl? That's crazy. That's crazy to think. But before the second half, Detroit gets the ball back again. Now it's Gibbs. Trying to get to the edge. Gets a block from the quarter. Makes a man miss. Gibbs hits at the five. Touchdown, Detroit! That was with 5.54 left to go in the second quarter. It's 21-7, Detroit. They get the ball back again. Now here comes something that leads to what a lot of people are talking about about this game throughout the whole week. You get down to the end of the game and or the end of the half. Detroit's driving. Do you kick a field goal? Do you go for the points? They decided to go for the field goal. They get the field goal. It's 24-7 at halftime. And it's not even close. Not even close. Detroit has had their way with San Francisco. 
And you could tell the players were, were very confident, waving to the San Francisco crowd and everything. It just, ah, it was a little too soon. There's people all over social media, Detroit, the Super Bowl. And like, I've seen too many things happen as a Washington fan, as an Oklahoma fan. I've seen too many leads fall apart. I've seen too many weird things happen. Third quarter starts. You got a field goal from Moody, who missed one early. He uh, blocked one off to the right. But he got a field goal. Their first possession in the second half makes it 24-10. And then what I think was the play that turned the game around. They've done a nice job. Gardner Johnson in for Joseph, who leaves. Here's Purdy with a lot of time. Steps into one. Launching deep, going for Brandon Ayuk. It is. Oh, he caught it off the ricochet. Penalty. Is he in? Brandon Ayuk, the concentration, it, it should have been an interception. The Detroit player misses it. It bounces off of his face mask. Brandon Ayuk makes the catch. I think it was two plays later. He gets the, the comeuppets. Here's Purdy looking, firing in. Caught! Ayuk! Touchdown! Brendan Ayuk gets that touchdown. You can start to feel it. And you're watching it, and it's like, you're like, oh, this isn't good. I, I, I know it's happening. I know it's 24-17. I think it was the next play or, or two plays after Detroit had the ball in its own territory. Here is Kibbs up the middle. He runs into a wall and the ball came out. Ball is loose. Who's got it? 49ers recover. 49ers recover. Next thing you know, they got the ball back. Momentum's heading their way. They keep pounding a rock to Christian McCaffrey. He's going to get it, and he walks in. Touchdown, San Francisco. A couple fourth downs they, they don't get. They, now, there's a lot of people killing Dan Campbell and stuff for some of the fourth down plays. Now, some of the plays, the calls were effective. It was the execution of said calls. I mean, Reynolds drops a couple on fourth down. Um, I, I just, you know, I don't hold it against them. I, I don't. There's some people who are killing the coaching staff. But if that's what got you there, and if all of a sudden you start changing, what does that do to the mindset of the players? Well, coach doesn't believe in it. I mean, it, there's a there's either way you could go. It's smart to take the points. You should stay with what got you there. You know, there, people get you can argue on either side. I think Coach Campbell, because if the if those catches are made, who knows what happens? But it just it kept adding and adding. And I go back to the movie The Replacements. And they ask, What's, what are you most afraid of? They say, quicksand. It's that quicksand game. The more you try to do things right, the more you mess up. And the more, you, the, the quicker you sink. And I think that's what happened to the Lions in the second half. So, you know, they get the, they get the touchdown. It's 24-24. Moody kicks a field goal in the fourth quarter. 9.52 left in the game. That's their first lead in the entire game. Detroit's been leading the entire game. You had it tied. And then Christian McCaffrey gets him down near the goal. He lands on his head very weirdly. Like he was like spiked on his head. But San Francisco had other thoughts. Quick blow. Elijah Mitchell in for the first time tonight. Guess what? He's going to get it. Mitchell surging forward. 
Touchdown! 34-24. Then, of course, Detroit gets the ball back. They execute the move down the field. They score one more touchdown towards the end of the game. And still stop the clock. This is the game. Goff pumps, fires, end zone. It is caught for the touchdown. What a grab by Williams to keep this game alive. That made it 34-31 onside kick. George Kittle recovers. Chiefs and 49ers into the Super Bowl. And, you know, I, I commend Brock Purdy. You know, I... There comes a time when you have to sit there and be like, the guy just wins. You know, he finds a way to win. Even though what I saw of him in college when he was at Iowa State, where he had the propensity to throw interceptions and, and clusters, he threw one interception. And it, I don't know if it was really his fault. Like, if you see, his, his arm got hit, didn't have the follow-through. But, again, just, just a great game. But it shows you no game is over. Looking at some of the statistics in this game, Brock Purdy, 20 of 31, 267, a touchdown, one interception. Jared Goff, 25 of 41, 273, one touchdown. Both quarterbacks were sacked twice. Christian McCaffrey, 20 carries, 90 yards. Montgomery, 15 carries, 93 yards. Debo Samuel, eight catches, 89 yards. Sam Laporte, the tight end, who, who looked like he wasn't injured, all nine catches, 97 yards. Amon Ross, St. Brown. Like, he didn't have a target for almost a good portion of the middle part of that game. But Debo Samuel, whew, for George Kittle to only have two catches, the man that kid loves the block. Loves the block. And there's a clip that's come out that shows him when he's talking about the Super Bowl the last time. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be back here. You're not getting the best of me. You're not. But it's all set. We're going to talk about Super Bowl foods next week. Oh. Get ready for some Super Bowl snack time. And I'm really getting ready to start diving into college softball, college basketball. The, the college basketball season so far this year, guys, oh, my God. Every week, top five teams are getting upset. I mean, like last night, North Carolina loses to Georgia Tech. Tennessee loses to South Carolina. I mean, it, it, it's all over, and I love it. Let the March Madness begin. But now... Oh, it's time. I'm going to tell you guys about some of the food. If you're ever down in Panama City, you know I love talking about food, right? I love food. That's why I'm the size. But, so we get down there, and we meet with my mom and dad, and I tell them, you know, there's a Mexican restaurant. It's one of those places to where you know if you didn't know what you were looking for, you'd drive right past it. It's in a little shopping center in the corner of the of the little squared shopping center. Authentica Mexican Grill. My wife and I had went there a couple years ago. And I was like, man, it was so good. The food was so good. So we decided to go back, and it did not disappoint. The type of food, they had a jalapeno margarita. I had some Modelo Negros. Um, the shrimp enchiladas I had were out... Out of this world. Father had the uh, carne asada torta. Mom had the fajitas. My wife and I, we shared some tacos and some tamales. Fresh tamales. Hand, um, everything. was. They had the queso fundido with some carne asada in it as well. And it was like fresh. Oh, everything. And when it's fresh food. The salsa, amazing. And I love it because 
it was kind of had a little bit of kick to it, like the heat, like it's the, the jalapeno. It's been sitting for a while, so it wasn't like just freshly made. And sometimes that's the best salsa when the heat ratchets up a little bit, right? Good stuff. Great dinner, as good as I thought it was. Great service. You know, they came out, gave my wife some uh, free ice cream, which you know, my mom was very adamant about <laughs> getting, you know, the, the people out there and uh, singing happy birthday to her. But great dinner. Couldn't ask for anything better that first night. I love, love, love that authentic Mexican grill. If you're ever in Panama City looking for Mexican food, look for it. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Now, breakfast the next day, we were kind of like, what, what do we want to do? There's a place down there called the Pancakery that we had been before. And we had got a little bit drunk while we were there. Not this time, but last time when we were there. You know, they have pineapple mimosas. Everything's good. They do have something called the pancake shot, which is butterscotch schnapps and Jameson. We needed to walk around for a little bit. I'll just say that. But this time, and I don't like eating at a lot of chain places, but I know this is a chain, but we've never been. So another broken egg cafe. And so my wife and we're sitting there like, hey, look, look, they got a blueberry lemon mimosa. Let's get that. We got the picture of it. Great. I got a Southern Creole Eggs Benedict. And instead of a muffin, the English muffin, the poached eggs were on grit cakes. Oh, amazing breakfast. I almost licked the plate. Almost licked the plate. Great. But that was just a precursor to what was coming that night. So that night, there's a place down in Panama City and again, it's similar to the Authentica Mexico. Actually, the two restaurants that we had dinner at are, the all three actually, are all similar to where they're not like freestanding, big sign come here. Like you would have to know where to go to go to these places. So Firefly is the other one. Now Firefly, it's a little more upscale. They have a really great bar, some high-end bourbon, which I like. You know, they had some Pappy Van Winkle, uh, really good E.H. Taylor, Stag, stuff like that. And they did do like a little sushi bar and stuff. People were waiting, but when you got like phenom phenomenal. So we sit down, we're looking at the menu. We decided to go with the smoked Kobe beef bruschetta. Chef's kiss. One of the best things that I've ever had in my life. Ever. Now, as an appetizer with that, I like, they make what's called she crab soup. Put a little bit of sherry on it. A puff pastry. Love it. My wife jokes, she said it tastes like, you know, wet paper. I still love she crab soup. She got the wedge salad, which was great. And then for our entrees, I got the broiled lobster with the mashed potatoes and the broccolini. It was two lobster tails. Oh, so amazing. The butter. I love, like, I could eat my body weight in lobster. My wife got the shrimp Alfredo. Really Really, really good. She got, for dessert, the key lime pie. And I had a creme brulee, a vanilla bean custard creme brulee that they actually, they light on fire and set it up. Amazing. So again, this is like the fourth or fifth time that we've been to Firefly. Every time we've been, <coughs> excuse me, phenomenal. Love this place. Now, you're going to drop some some coin when you go in there. You know, you're not going to get out of there for under 150, 200 bucks. It's not going to happen, but it's worth it. I've never had anything bad there. I've never been like, this wasn't good. 
Never. Every time we've been there, we've enjoyed everything. Shared a bottle of wine. Everything's great. So we're talking to our server, which I like to do. I like to engage with the server, find out do they know the menu, what they recommend. You know, and sometimes it's led to getting free stuff, guys. Just saying. I like to talk, and then sometimes it gets you some free stuff. But we're at, you know, we're talking to them, you know, saying, hey, we're going to this place tomorrow. The guy who used to be the chef at Firefly opened a restaurant called Hunt and Gather, a farm-to-table place. Kind of tapas. So, but we're talking to this guy, Bill, who's our server, and he's like, well, you know, now we have on the fly next door to us. It's a sandwich shop. Premium sandwich shop with meats, premium cheese, all this. Okay. So the next day, my wife goes out for a run. We're hanging out, I'm hanging out in the room. Let's get some of these sandwiches. So I go... I get me the Chipotle chicken bacon. It's got a roasted sun-dried tomato. Amazing. One of the best sandwiches I've ever had in my life. My wife had an apple bacon brie sandwich that was to die for. So we're good. And we're thinking, okay, let's go to Hunt and Gather. You pull up to this place. And again, similar to Authentica, it is in a shopping center. It's next to like a, a FedEx shop, I think. People are waiting outside, but it was really great because the guy, Derek, who is a chef, his wife is the hostess. And we're talking, you know, like me, I'm engaging with everybody. We get a couple drinks to start tonight. I got a pineapple cider from Ace, which I love. You don't see it that often, but I love the pineapple cider. And we get in there, sit at the bar in a place like that. It's just really cool to sit at the bar. Dave was the guy who helped us. Fantastic. Fantastic. Knew his stuff. He had worked with Derek at Firefly before they came over. But so we're looking at the menu. And right off the rip, I love seafood. Anything from the water, I'm going to eat, right? So oysters. Give me a half dozen raw oysters. Let's go. He's like, you want some hot sauce? I'm like, yep, give me the horse all that. Great, very clean. Great tasting oysters. Love it. My wife and we, we start also. She got these elevated deviled eggs. That had caviar on it. Yeah, caviar. Amazing. And then we saw bone marrow. I had never had a chance to try bone marrow. If you like steak, you owe it to yourself to try bone marrow. Some people may look at it and be like, oh, I'm not going to eat that. If you like steak, get the bone marrow. They had like sourdough bread, toast points, some nice pickled, everything. Phenomenal. Like, I, I'm scraping the bone trying to get more off. It was so good. Then, as we're waiting for our mains, we order a quail quesadilla. That's right. You heard me. Quail. It used chihuahua cheese, which we didn't know what chihuahua cheese was. I had to look it up. I'm going to buy some chihuahua because the cheese, the pull, phenomenal quesadilla. The quail was great. If you've not had quail, it's a little game bird. You need to try it. So for the mains, my wife got a got an order of duck tacos. They were like wonton wrap tacos. And I love duck. It was so good. The fatty, the richness. I make the pickled onions again, set it off. Those are really good pickled onions. Now me, my wife looks, she goes, you should get the fish. I, again, because anything water-wise, I'm going to eat it. They had a whole roasted yellowtail snapper. So I said, yeah, let's do that. Some of the best fish I've ever had in my life. I picked that thing to the bone. I was making sure I got the, the oysters off the cheek. You know, really getting in there. And you knew it was a good place. These people take such pride. Like, it, it came with some red potatoes, right? Roasted red potatoes. 
the seasoning and the care on those roasted red potatoes said everything I need to know about that restaurant. That could be a throwaway side. No, no. Great. Great. Then for dessert, I love cheesecake. You know, we were like, let's let's split a dessert this time. They had a creme brulee cheesecake. And this cheesecake defied all logic because there is no, you know, cheesecake is usually very heavy, very dense, very rich. I still love it. Don't get me wrong. But this cheesecake and the ladies there and that she brulees it on order. So it comes in still a little bit hot, the crispy. It's amazing. But the cheesecake filling, it's very light. It's almost like the vanilla bean curd in a creme brulee. I'm just going to tell you right now, guys, that little hole in the wall, the best meal my wife and I've ever had. And we both talked about just everything. The clean, crisp taste of the oysters. It wasn't, it wasn't like, wow, I'm just eating the ocean. I love oysters. They were great. The deviled eggs with the caviar on it. Bone marrow. The quail. Everything. The vibe. The scene. The setting. Everything in that little restaurant. Hunt and gather in Panama City Beach. You need to go check it out. That's, I mean, high, high, high praise. Now, I got a friend who knows a chef that is a James Beard finalist. And I'm going to try to get him on. because I, I need to talk to some people who know, you know a little bit more than food, you know, about food than I do. And so he's a James Beard finalist out in Oklahoma. And Ida Bell, a place that you probably wouldn't think of great food. Tells you how good of a cook this guy is. He's part of the James Beard list in Ida Bell, Oklahoma. Okay. Okay. But that was, again, it was, it was amazing. You know, I love the trip. My wife and I love traveling together, right? We love traveling together. We have a great time. Road tripping. We're listening to certain podcasts. We're listening to Taylor Swift, you know, trying to get our itinerary in order as far as what we're going to do in London. Cause you got to start planning now. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to break that down. There's going to be a lot of footage there. A lot of footage. But, guys, that's going to do it for this episode. Again, I want to thank everybody that joins. No matter what way you join, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you. Subscribe. Leave a comment. Ask a question. Interact any way you can. But it's on YouTube at Sports Bites Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter, on X, at Sports Bites Pod 1. On TikTok, I'm trying to get more content out there, at Sports Bites Pod. And on Instagram, Sports Bites Podcast. But again, if you're listening to this on any podcast platform, like it, subscribe it, rate it, leave a comment, do anything you can there, share it with somebody. I, I appreciate everybody that listens. I appreciate everybody that interacts. I, I, I love the fact that you guys still have an interest in what I'm saying. That's why I'm trying to create the best possible product I can. There's some news coming. Can't talk about it yet, but just know there's some news coming. And with that being said, everybody have a great day. And remember to always positively move forward. Thanks for joining us on this delicious journey through the world of sports and food on Sports Bites. Sports Bites. With your host, Chris Joseph. We hope you've enjoyed the game day stories and culinary adventures. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. And if you've got any mouth-watering sports-related tales or favorite game day
with us on social media. Until next time, remember, it's not just about the game. It's about the bites that make it unforgettable. Stay hungry for more Sports Bites.